Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Unbelievers, by and large, at best, become religious people. And they like the rules and the regulations. But most religious people in our world, if you go to most churches in our world today and you'd walk into a service like that, most individuals sitting there, they may believe in God, they may believe in Jesus, but they absolutely do not have a personal relationship. They can't imagine a man, a woman, having a personal relationship with God. There are lots of religions around the world, Hinduism, Buddhism, Animism, and many others. Every one of them has one thing in common. They are an attempt by man to reach or to in some way appease what they believe to be God or a higher power. This is where they differ from Christianity. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, Christ followers are sought out by God. God has reached out to mankind because men are unable to appease God. Pastor Mark will teach how this man-word reaching by God is accomplished. You'll also learn the role the Holy Spirit plays in your life once you've chosen to follow Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 14 as he continues his teaching, Led by the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to start with a word that you're familiar with, but it's an interesting definition. Transition. Transition. The process of changing from one condition to another. Now, transitions really are part of our everyday life. We transition from one job to another, from one city to another, from one home to another. How many of you have lived in five or more cities in your life? Let me see your hand. Oh, my goodness. How many like to just move another five times? Let me see your hand. Yeah. There's three idiots out there like, are you kidding me? Isn't that one of the worst things to do is try to put all this? You're in boxes for how long? Forever. You can't find anything. But throughout the Bible, transitions are normal. Think of that. Abraham. A pagan, knew nothing about God. God comes to him and says, oh, by the way, going to be a little change in your life, Abraham. You're going to be the head of the Jewish religion. Amazing. Transition. Moses, he dies. God comes to Joshua. Joshua, uh, you are now transitioning into the leader of these two million Jewish people. And Maybe the, the one that's surprising to us is Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been 
They've always existed. We don't really understand that, but that's the truth of the Bible. And Jesus made a transition. He left heaven. He came to the earth. And he became fully man and still retained his divinity. He was fully God. Well, you're going to see a huge transition that doesn't have to do with your job, doesn't have to do with your home, doesn't have to do with a business. It has to do with you in your life and how we are to do life together as disciples of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to John chapter 14. And we'll start in verse 15. Now, I want to give you a little homework this morning for your devotion this week. If you'll read John 13 through 17, John 13 through 17, it'll take you 10, 15 minutes at the most. Let me explain what's happening. John 13 to 17 is a time when Jesus is meeting with his disciples basically for the last time. He's getting ready in a number of days to go to the cross. So in those chapters, 13 through 17, he pours these amazing, it's kind of like a summary of what he wants them to know, all those things that he's poured into them already. They're meeting in the upper room. And he doesn't only teach them during these chapters. This is in one evening. He doesn't just teach him, he models things. Remember, he came in and he washed their feet. Why? Because nobody else stepped forward. See, that's what we're doing on Compassion Day. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I really don't have time to help other people that can't help themselves. What are you, really? No, Jesus is our role model. We're supposed to love people, unbelievers. So thanks again for setting up yourself and getting out there doing that. And then... During that evening, you know what he does? They share in the Passover meal. And of course, he talks about his body and his blood being shed. And that would be the last time they would hear Jesus speak before he would go to the cross and be crucified. Now, they're unaware that during that evening, there's a huge transition coming in their life. The biggest one they've ever experienced, ever. And they had been with Jesus for about three years. And they were following him every day. When the day started, just like it would be for you this morning, the disciples didn't get up and say, well, we voted three to three, God, that we're going to move over here and do this. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Well, I'm following the Holy Spirit. You're following me. And he led them. He taught them. He comforted them. He corrected them. He helped them. He learned how to minister to all kinds of people, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. All those things he poured into them. And he's kind of reviewing them for them because they don't understand the transition that's coming. Now, one of the great things Jesus did is huge for us. He taught his disciples how to deal with different kinds of people. Now, in our service here, there's all kinds of people sitting in our services, all kinds of people watching online from around the world. And and we have people that are doubters. Maybe you've come, you kind of, well, let me see if there's anything to this church deal. Why are all these people lining up in a parking lot and coming? There's skeptics here. 
I really don't believe this stuff, but my friend invited me. I didn't want to hurt them, so I'm here. Good, skeptic. There's some of you are very legalistic, religious person. You got to go by the law just like that. And there's like no grace about you. Others of you are very liberal. Hey, whatever goes, whatever goes, it doesn't matter. Who cares if it's in the Bible or not? Well, then there's always some true seekers. So Jesus had taught them how to deal with all those kinds of people. They watched him. It was powerful. Now, one of the things that Jesus was frustrated with, with his disciples was he had told them many, many, many times he was going to the cross. He was going to die for the people's sins. He was going back to heaven and he was not setting up his kingdom on the earth. Now, they simply didn't get it. And they actually didn't get it after he died. They still didn't believe he would be resurrected on the third day. Now, in this passage, Jesus begins to talk to them about a transition that's going to happen that affects every single person in here. I don't care whether you're a skeptic, a doubter, a legalistic person, a liberal, a seeker. You're seeking truth because everything you've tried is a dead end. Glad that you're here. John 14, 15. Let's look at it together. If you love me, Jesus speaking, obviously, you will obey what I command. And when I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you for about two years. Is that true? No. See, when Jesus came, the disciples didn't know how long he'd been. He'd been with them three years. He lived 30 years before he did any ministry. And then he was with them three years. But this is something that you need to understand. He said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you. How long? Tell me. How is forever? Till we get to where? Till we get to heaven. So now think about that. It wasn't temporary. There was not going to be another transition. Holy Spirit was going to be with them forever. Then he says this. Look at verse 17. The Spirit of truth. That person coming would be the Holy Spirit. And that person is called the spirit of truth. How important is that statement? What are we studying? We're studying the New York Times newspaper, which hardly has any truth in it at all. So what are we studying? The Bible. Who wrote the Bible? Which of the Trinity wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of? Does that make you feel better? That means anywhere I turn, it's what? It's truth. Does it change? It never changes. Oh, Pastor Mark, the world changed. Well, of course it does. But the message never changes. Never. So that gives us an amazing confidence that as we study the Word of God, we have the truth of God's Word. Now, notice Jesus then speaks about the unbeliever. The world, unbelievers, cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, speaking to the disciples, you know him, 
for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, to reemphasize that this Holy Spirit that's coming to take the place of Jesus would be with them forever, he emphasizes it again. Look at verse 18. And I will not leave you, Jesus speak, as orphans. I will come to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. He says to his disciples, there's a transition coming. I'm leaving. God's going to send another one. And he will be with you forever. You will be left in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Now that word, just like me, another one like me, in the original language is the word alos. It means one of the very same kind. So what does that mean? It means the Trinity. One God represented by three persons. God the Father was going to send God the Holy Spirit to take the place of God, Jesus, the Son of God. So they're all equal. They're absolutely one of the very same kind. They're all God. So man would not be without God in his life. Even though Jesus was leaving, the Holy Spirit, third person of Trinity, would be with man forever. Now, here's what I want you to write. This is what most people don't get. Unbelievers, by and large, at best, become religious people. And they like the rules and the regulations. But most religious people in our world, if you go to most churches in our world today and you'd walk into a service like that, most individuals sitting there, they may believe in God, they may believe in Jesus, but they absolutely do not have a personal relationship. They can't imagine a man, a woman having a personal relationship with God. They just don't get it. So here's what I want you to write. The Holy Spirit is a person we can relate to, commune with, and know personally. That's exactly what Jesus did with his disciples. They didn't just know about Jesus. Every day they did life with Jesus. Now, when you see that happening, you have to understand that is what Jesus is trying to say to them, watch me, relax. When he said, I'm leaving, they're going like, say what? What's tomorrow morning going to look like? We're not used to leading each other. Well, you're not going to lead one another. You're going to have somebody in you that's going to absolutely lead you just exactly as I did. Now, to calm their fears... Jesus begins with two of three relationships that every person can have with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to teach you all three. Number one, the Bible uses three prepositions to convey these three relationships that you, as a Christian, can have with the Holy Spirit. Each of these prepositions responds to a person's position regarding the Holy Spirit. 
here, I'll, I'll listen to you now, and then I'll ask you to write them down later. Don't write them down now. Para, alongside. There was, there's a relationship with the Holy Spirit before we become a Christian. In, at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live in. E-N is the Greek word, our word in, comes into us. And last, which I'll cover at the end, a P, upon us overflows us. Now go back to John 14, 17. Look at here. But the unbeliever can't know him because there's no relationship with God. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their savior. So they don't know the things of the spirit. It's impossible to know the things of the spirit. But now he talks to his disciples. But you know him for number one, he lives with you. He's been alongside you currently. The whole time I've been with you, the Holy Spirit's been here with us. And here's the future tense. Look at it. And will be in you. Notice there's a transition coming in every single believer. So I'm going to give you these three personal relationships that we can have with the Holy Spirit. Number one, write this down. Relationship number one. Convicted by the Spirit with or alongside. Convicted by the Spirit with or alongside. Now, I want you to turn to John 16. Just turn forward a couple chapters and look down at verse 8. John 16, verse 8. Jesus speaks about this interesting role of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. When he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world, unbelievers, which we all were at the beginning, of guilt in regard to three things. To sin, righteousness, that we're not right with God. And if we don't get right with God, there's judgment coming for us. And that judgment is separation from God forever. Now, before salvation, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is alongside of us, convicting us of our own sin, of our lack of being right with God. The Holy Spirit is the one who exposes and convicts sinners that they need God. The Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to an unbeliever's heart. And he says this, you need To get right with God. You need your sins to be forgiven. Now, how does that work? Remember, all of us are body, soul, and spirit. But before we were born, our spirit is dead. It doesn't relate to things of God. So let me show you what the role of the Holy Spirit is before we become a Christian. By the way, if you're a Christian today, this happened to you. You may not have understood it, but you will as I go through it. Let's just take me. I'm teaching this morning. And the word of God is truth. And it knows how to go in and speak to our hearts. So of course, in all of our services, there's people got saved because they're sinners They didn't realize that they could be right with God. They certainly didn't realize they could have a brand new start and have a relationship with God. So as I'm teaching, what happens is the Holy Spirit 
comes and sits by you. Now he's a spirit. Relax. Oh, who's that? No, he's a spirit. And where is he speaking? To your spirit. And he's saying, you know that tall, good-looking guy on stage? And I know some of you are going like, where, where is that at? Forget the guy. What he's saying is, you need to get right with God. That's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. You're miserable. You're guilty. You're empty. You're tired of trying to find purpose. You've never found it. And you need to listen because Jesus Christ died for you and he paid for your sins. So listen up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, the Holy Spirit in the Bible is known as a gentleman. He never drags you down to an altar. He never threatens you. He just lovingly convicts you. Because the goal, as Jesus said one day, you remember, Jesus met a very religious man named Nicodemus. And he didn't know he could have a personal relationship. It was all about rules and regulations. He thought he was fine. But he came searching. He was looking for some answers. And he came to Jesus and Jesus said this. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. That's the first time he ever really heard that. He did not give in at that point. It took Nicodemus a long while to give in. How many of you remember that in your life, there were times that the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Hey, that person you're listening to, TV, whatever, the neighbor, friend, relative, pastor, you need to get right with God. How many of you remember the Holy Spirit saying that to you, but it took you quite a while to finally give in and become a Christian? How many remember that? Yeah. So what does that say to us? I can't be what? Forceful. Because I'm not the convictor. Who's the convictor? The Holy Spirit. So I have to wait. I have to be patient. I plant a seed. Others water. We just keep praying for people to come to the Lord. Amen? It's just the way it is. So nobody's going to force anybody. Now, some people think God is angry God. You know this verse. But let me show you what the loving God is. Look at this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, doesn't matter who you are, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, here's the part many people miss. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Our world thinks God is a condemning God. No, he's a loving God. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He sent Jesus to free us. But they don't understand that. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked a little bit more about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. He spoke about the things the Spirit is supposed to be doing in and through your life. The Holy Spirit's the one who draws you to Jesus in the first place. He's also the one who gives you the power to successfully live life as a follower of Jesus Christ. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Well, that finishes off this portion of Pastor Mark's teaching, Led by the Holy Spirit. Next time, he'll continue sharing about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. He will recount scriptures regarding the dispersion of the Holy Spirit to the original disciples and how that same disbursement is required for you today and how that works out in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Led by the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.